Hi, this is Stuart Pankin, and you're listening to the Mixtape Podcast with Jason and Matt, two really great guys and knowledgeable guys. So uh, listen to it all the time, day and night. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? Who makes a mixtape? Who needs a mixtape? So come on, now listen to our mixtape. Well, hello there. This is the Mixtape Podcast, and I am Jason Emmett. Stevie D. I'm Casey Masterpiece. Pimp Daddy Spank Dog. And we have a special guest with us. Very special. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> very, <laughs> very special in what way? Classic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> McBeef. I Whoa. like I like that he, he Mayor McBeef. I like that he gets on and he's like, I'm very special. Motherfuckers, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not just special. The man, the myth, and the legend has returned. Richard oh my McBeef. God, it's been so long. Jeez. Uh, this might be one of the most MacGyvered slap together setups we've ever done on this show. So uh, <laughs> I just moved into a new house and we don't quite have everything set up yet. So we it's are, a beautiful house. We are sitting in. <laughs> it's very interesting what we got going We're on. Sitting here. in the dungeon. Live from Hamilton, Ohio. <sighs> well, thanks. <laughs> so tonight's going to be fun. Uh, an episode I personally uh, have been looking forward to for quite a while uh, because it's a topic I have a lot of feelings about. This is this is my sort of forte. I have filled my my brain so full of things like what tonight's episode is about, which is one hit wonders of the eighties and mm-hmm. actors and actresses from eighties movies that I don't know anything relevant anymore. Uh, this is all I know, so this episode means a lot to me. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about, like I said, biggest one hit wonders of the eighties, and we'll get into that in a second. But before we do that, let's do that thing we always do here and we get over the stuff we need to get over. Uh, head on over to www www dot the mixtape pod dot com uh, to find links to where you can listen. Do you uh, have a podcast? Or, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Damn it! I mean, I know this isn't for Stu, but I'm drunk as fuck. Feels about right. You're welcome, Stu. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> uh, so you can head over to the website. Uh, all our links are there. There's actually quite a bit going on over there now. Um, there's actually links to each. Uh, so we have a page you can click on there if you don't, you know, you want to go there and listen to the episodes directly. It'll take you over to those. The pastry crack recipes up there. Just saying, Ooh. it's there. You can get it there. Mm, uh, cartoony character pictures. The there. cartoony character pictures are up there. We also have um, links to if, say, you want to see some of the interviews we've done in the past. You can go over to our events page and click directly on it. It'll take you to that interview, and you'll see upcoming stuff. And hint, wink, wink, nod, nod. You'll see who we're going to be talking to. Oh hell yeah! In the near future. Uh, you can also feel free to drop us a voicemail. We would appreciate that, actually. The uh, number here is 513-HE-RAD-77. That is 513-437-2377. So you can leave us a phone number. Who's Who's the number? Yeah. Well, when you type it enough, you start getting used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's rad? He's rad. 
Uh, that's 513-HERAD77, 513-437-2377. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Sing us a song. You're the piano man. We don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, do it because we love it. Uh, in case you need it, you can email us. Our email address is yourmixtapepodcast at gmail.com. We also have, uh, like I said, spoilers for upcoming shows over at the website. You can go over and check that out. Uh, we have our awesome merchandise, which is available over at the website. You should be wearing that. And if you're not, there's something fucking wrong with you anyway. You need some T-shirts, damn it. I need some swag. There's even a page. I, I already said all that. I don't need to repeat it. I've been drinking. I really have. <laughs> I'm drunk as fuck. <laughs> I, hate, I hate when you do it because I don't know if I hit the sounder. or. <laughs> like, what did I, how did I bump that? Uh, I did it from over here. There are also, there are also links uh, to our Twitter, our Instagrams, the, the Facebook fan page, uh, fucking our TikTok, all of that. There's links to all that shit, so you can go over and check that shit out there as well. If you haven't listened to the Joey Clift episode that yes. went out most recently, you should check that out. Um, Joey was a really cool guy. Um, you can learn a lot from Joey. Comedian, Clift. voiceover actor, you know Garfield aficionado. Check him out. You know, spread the word, Joey Clift. Yeah, it's a really fun episode. Uh, so, like Kevin and I uh, interviewed him, and like you guys weren't there for that, and Matt wasn't there for that. Matt's not here tonight. He's uh, out with his lady friend. His wife. I shouldn't call her that. <laughs> it sounds, that makes it sound weird. Yeah, yeah, right. so, Do they know each other? <laughs> Does Connie know? Um, I was say Connie might kill him for that one. <laughs> right. They had they had a night planned, and he was like, "Oh, uh, Connie told me to cancel." I was like, "Don't cancel it, dude. Take your woman out. Don't, yeah, celebrate that romance." Yeah. So, um, but he listened to the Joey Clift episode. And he calls me. He's like, "Dude, that was really good." I'm like, "Yeah, Joey's great." Uh, we also have an episode coming out where we interviewed, uh, Kevin and I interviewed, and you need to listen to this, and mm. we need to hook you up with this dude. His name is Jonathan Mayberry, for those yes. of you who don't know. Uh, he's an author. He's written a lot of like award-winning books, but he's also a martial artist practiced uh, like jujitsu, but like original jujitsu stuff, and he wrote. he's written a lot for it. Japanese jujitsu? Yes. Yep. Oh, nice. And he's written a lot for it. Um, but he he also writes for Marvel Comics, so he wrote like runs of Black Panther, uh, right Marvel Zombie, and a bunch of other stuff. Ooh. And we will tell you right now, uh, Kevin Most and I got inspirational <laughs> podcast. It is, he is us. Yep. Like we talked to him, we we're like, dude, if you were around here, we'd hang out. He's like, oh god, yeah, us pop culture nerds, we need to hang, we need right. to stick together. He was just <laughs> super super great, dude. So yes. check out those episodes when they come up. Trust me, Joey Clift is great, and John Mayberry is awesome. So please check those out when they come up. Uh, Joey's is already out, so you can check that out now. Please check out our friends. We have a few friends that do podcasts, Not a Bomb podcast. Um, they do deep dives into movies that, that essentially bombed in the box office, and they decide whether they think it deserved to have or not. They're, they're a fun show. Good well, guys. Oh, I've yeah. heard. I haven't seen. Oof. I've heard. I've not seen. Either. Either. Not I'm, seen a, I'm afraid. Oh, by how, how was the Norseman? <laughs> I liked it. Bjork is in that, you know. Yeah, Bjork. Bjork. Apparently, I like mixed, Bjork. She's in the Norseman. But yeah. there's mixed feelings when you about see that her movie in this too. Movie, yeah, I've heard. You're gonna look and go. I think that's her. A Bjork. Her. <laughs> but I knew who it was <laughs> right off the bat. How old is she now? 157. I believe that. Um, right. Oh. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. Not a bomb. I, I mentioned that. Night of Living podcast. Go over and check them out. If you're a horror fan, you should probably be checking them out. Uh, then you got well. Scream Queens, Patrick. Scream Queens mm-hmm. with a Z with our friend Patrick Walsh. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, Monster Kid Radio with Brother D, who yes. you'll hear here sometime in the future. He's going to come on and do an episode with us. We're going to so then Metal Mikey is deciding if he wants to do a podcast or, or a, a, a video or thing. A vlog. Yeah, but he, he was doing a podcast. Yeah, but this is a new project that he's working so. on. I would break up the slide whistle, but... You know, it kind of echoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, we got all that out of the way. Yes. We, can, we can get on the show proper tonight, and that's a good thing, because tonight's going to be a lot of fun. Tonight, we're going to be talking about one-hit wonders of the 80s. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're gonna, yeah. I'm going to play you guys a clip, and then we'll I'll give you a little info like we always do, and we'll, di- we'll discuss these songs and like if you guys like what you remember about these songs and shit like that. So mm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I love one-hit wonders of the 80s. There are plenty of songs that got left off this list because it was the freaking 80s. I don't know if yeah. you know this, but there were a lot of one-hit wonders in the 80s. No. Yeah. And Tons. Then, then there were a couple songs that I left off the list, mainly because we've talked about them two or three times on the show already. Fair enough. And so I was kind of like, we, you know, we can't put everything on. What's well, a couple here. more times? Well, it's a couple more hours is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fair so, enough. Let's go ahead and start with the first one. Uh, everybody's going to recognize. Well, you're going to know every one of these, but... You're going to know this one really well. Never heard of this. Dexty's, Dex, Dexty's, Dexty's, wow. shut up. I had to take that sounder off to make room on the soundboard, so if y'all want to sing the stroke Stroke. <laughs> you go right in. <laughs> you go right in. Uh, Dexty's Midnight Runners, that's, of course, Come On Eileen, released uh, as a single from their album To Rye Eye in 1982. Uh, this one reached number one in the United States and was their second number one hit in the UK following 1980's Gino. Uh, it ranked number 18 on VH1's 100's great, greatest songs of the 80s. And this is the song that prevented Michael Jackson from having back-to-back number one hits. What? Billie yeah. Jean was the number one single uh, the previous seven weeks. And then Beat It was the number one single after this song. But he, or Billie Jean would have went right into Beat so It. So it beat the number one? It did. It beat the number one. <laughs> It did. Keep that attitude up for the next episode, <laughs> trust me. So, uh, what do you call a woman with one leg? Eileen. So, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's why we bring him does around. Does she work at IHOP? I'm <laughs> ah, Cox. Zing. Uh, so, yeah, this is based on a true story. So it gets a little weird here because we all know what this song is about. And if you don't, I think we talk about it on our inappropriate song episode. Come on, Eileen. Um, so he actually dated a right. girl, Kevin Rowland, uh, lead singer of the band. He actually grew up, and he knew a girl named Eileen. Um, they started dating when they were around 13. Then at around the age of 15, things mm. started getting a little sexual, if you know what I mean. And that's what the song is essentially about. But here's the cool thing about the song. If you've ever listened to I, I know that the first line is, poor old Johnny Ray. And I, I never really, Johnny Ray is in reference to Johnny Alvin Ray. Uh, he's an American singer, songwriter, pianist, pianist, who's <laughs> 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 been cited as a major precursor to what became rock and roll. And it's all because of, I guess, his jazz and blues influences and his stage presence. So Johnny Alvin Ray was like 
kind of the guy that they said kind of spurred the rock and roll movement in the beginning. So that's what that reference is to. Mm. So there you go. A little something you probably didn't know about coming on Eileen. I mean, come on, Eileen. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit of a Freudian slip there. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, I love this song. It's a great song. And it's kind of like everybody knows this song. Yes. You, they still play this in clubs and shit. And, and at weddings. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God, yeah. I don't It might be at mine. And I don't know. God knows what she's been putting on the playlist. I have no idea. She's just throwing shit on there. I don't know. And at funerals. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is what the deceased wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about that. It was either this or Luke, two live crew. Just <laughs> Actually, they're going to be, they were just in town. <sighs> two live crew? They were. Yeah. Columbus. Yeah. They were. Oh. You know, so now, in accordance to his wishes, what can I get for ten dollars? <laughs> Anything? Anything? That sounded like the tape. <laughs> we, well, yeah, it sounded like we just hit plays with us. Yeah, just right. Like. Okay, guys. Um, this is a song that everybody knows, and I have one of them there. Uh, kind of like love-hate relationships with it. Also mm. can't find it on here, so that's mm. that's a problem. That might be a good thing. All right, so this is a song I have one of them love-hate relationships with, and I think that everybody in the room is going to agree with that when they hear what the song is because it's right. kind of one of those that you love at certain moments and that the rest of the time you're like, God, it's annoying. And we have talked about it here before. But Macarena? No. I love oh. this song. Not to be mistaken for Weird Al's Hey Ricky. Uh, <laughs> Which is, he's going to be coming to I know, concert, I know. Dude. There's a whole discussion that's been had about that tonight. Trust me. I've already talked about it. It's in August. It's happening. And I want to go. We're going. But we'll see. Because it's the cheap seats are like 75 bucks. That's fine. We'll see. Mickey by Tony Basil. Not originally, but in this one it is. Singer and choreographer uh, is what she does. That's what she did. She wasn't really a singer. Not really. She was a choreographer and a producer, but she did this album and Mm -hmm. did this song. It was off her 1981 album, Word of Mouth. We've mentioned this uh, on the remake episode, one of the remake episodes before, because it's originally... The very first remake episode. I think that you are correct, sir. Uh, It was originally done by a pop group named Racy, and it was Hey Kitty. Not Hey Mickey. Mm -hmm. But Basil changed a few things, including that infamous, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. That's not in the original. So That's her cheerleading background, yes. isn't it? Well, I don't know that she had a cheerleading background. Uh, I, thought, yeah, she, I thought she, she did. did. Did she? I thought she it, did. I always thought this yeah. video was kind of making fun of cheerleaders personally. No. But, uh, she actually did the all the choreography herself. Well, I knew that. Cheerleaders. I knew that. Because she's a choreographer. Right? Yeah. But she, I, if I remember right, she was a high school cheerleader. She might have been. Well. And that's where the uh, that's where the cheerleading outfit came from. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's hot. a lot of people thought that she was referring to Mickey Dolans in this song because she had met him um, on a movie set. But yeah. she says she's she's according to her, she's like I didn't. Really well, according to an old friend of ours, it was for him. See, but nobody knows that because they. I always know. thought it was Mickey Mouse. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, Mickey. Uh-uh. No. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) 
you had one bad impression and you can't do it anymore. At least not for a while. It's too soon. Oh. Uh, that is sad. We talked yeah. about that, though, I think. So that's very sad. Yeah. So uh, she says she didn't really know Mickey Dolan's and that she didn't sing it, anything to do with Mickey Dolan's. But uh, this single scored number one on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 uh, for one week and number two in the U.K. singles chart. It was Basil's only top 40 success and named number six on VH1's greatest one hit wonders of the 80s. I fucking love this next song. And this is a fun one to talk about just in general. Oh. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> That's why the joke was made. So, yes, this is Past the Duchy by Musical Youth, um, produced by Tony Owens from Kingston and the British Jamaican reggae band Musical Youth, mm-hmm. and from their debut album, The Youth of Today, from 1982. Now, this reggae song was a major hit, peaked at number one in the UK, um, outside the UK. It peaked within the top 10 in the United States and sold over 5 million copies worldwide. So this track, this song actually combined two songs. Give Me the Music by You Brown and Pass the Coochie, or Coochie. <laughs> you can pass the Coochie, too. Listen. Two live crew in the house, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Listen, shut the fuck up. Pass the Coochie. Pass, pass the Coochie, baby. <laughs> I mean, it fits. It does. Yeah, it does. It works. Well, you gotta you gotta understand it's spelled the, the, the same way. So coochie and coochie and whatever. So yes, the other song was was past the coochie and this was by a band named Mighty Diamonds. Now past the coochie was actually a song about pot and smoking pot and marijuana, right? That's what it was about. So for this cover version, the title was changed to Pass the Duchy in reference to a Dutch oven uh, pot, like pan, the cooking <laughs> pot. Not <laughs> farting under the covers, you weirdos, like an actual Dutch oven. <laughs> do you know what a Dutch oven really is? No. Well, it's like a covered pot. I, That's why they... I do, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we are five, so... So they changed it, and they changed some of the lyrics, for example... Wrong. I'm the mentally, ori- I'm six, okay? <laughs> <laughs> the original... Yeah, he's grown. He's a lot yeah. in this last year. I'm old folk, damn it. <laughs> uh, the original lyrics for this were, um, how does it feel when you got no herb? So they changed it to how does it feel when you got no food? Here's the thing. It didn't work. It didn't work because everybody who smoked weed just thought that they were talking about rolling a blunt in a wrapper from a Dutch master cigar, and they just took Dutchy as a new term for marijuana. So in their minds, it was past the duchy, which is what people just started saying. So they changed it to get rid of the pot reference, and all the potheads here went, I think you're talking about weed, man. Yeah, I mean, this cleared a lot of things up because it's kind of weird having a bunch of kids talking about passing a joint. I mean, they were like Jamaican reggae dudes. I mean, mean, some of them were pretty young. That's true. But they were still probably passing the duchy. I can see that. I think... think, if you're like Rastafarian, I'm pretty sure that's like your second birthday. I think it's mandatory. <laughs> yeah. that's, that, that's actually part of the Rastafarian religion. Yes. Yeah, right. That's what I said. They, it's probably they, like your second birthday. From like your day of birth. Sounds like a good smoking religion. Smoking right off the bat. <laughs> Sounds like my new religion. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to yeah. hear a fun story? Sure. Keep them quiet. Oh. 
So, <laughs> as you know, I don't really partake because I don't get high, right? It's just I've tried, and, and certain people that I know do partake on a regular basis. So I'm, I'm occasionally grabbing their vape pen and hitting it. Nothing happens. I get tired and I go to bed. So the other so night, CBD, means it's working. Yeah, you're like me then. That's just like it, I take a single hit and I'm gone. So the other <laughs> night, we're sitting here watching TV. Yeah, and it's sitting on the couch next to me, and I'm like, "Fuck this!" And I grab it and I go. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I lost it. I'm coughing. She's dying laughing. She's cracking up because I'm coughing so bad. And I'm like, like it hurts. And I'm like, she goes, you just took a huge hit. I'm like, yeah, because it He's doesn't do shit. A so Not yet. 15 minutes go by, you know, and we're watching TV. I don't feel a damn thing as per usual. Start to feel a little tired. Right. She gets up and goes in the kitchen, says something. I go, huh? Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. like, she goes, what? I said, well, I'm perfect. I'm fine. As long as I sit perfectly still. But when I move, the <laughs> entire the fun fucking begins. room spins around on me. Uh, apparently, this is when Jay got high. She said, she <laughs> start, I got she's, high. she's dying. She's like, you <laughs> took a really big hit. I'm like, yeah, but the thing is, like, I'm speaking fine. I feel fine. But when I go to move, it's like. <laughs> she's like, do you need help upstairs? I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> Did you have the munchies afterwards? No. No. no, no he had the sleepies. Oh. Yeah. I, oh, I went upstairs, hit the pillow, and I'm like. <laughs> Out. She's like, well, that's good. I mean, it puts you out at least. I mean, like, yeah. So, but well, since CBD is supposed to help it's you. Supposed to. Sleeping, so. It tastes nasty, though. I know. It's no good. Mm. It tastes so nasty. The CBD. It tastes so nasty. That's. It's well, so nasty. That was. That was. <laughs> I didn't sound anything like what I was going for right there. <laughs> I sounded like some cartoon character, but I can't quite put. Are it's you uh, high now? Family guy. So Cleveland nasty. Brown. Yeah, I sound like I was trying to do Morgan Freeman and I sounded like Cleveland. <laughs> it tastes so nasty. <laughs> it tastes so nasty, Peter. Oh, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Spanky oh. was taking a drink when you said, oh, Peter. Giggity, giggity, goo. That <laughs> <laughs> was good. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, All right. God. Woo. Don't flail your head back. Yeah, we'll be we'll, we'll, it'll be like bludgeoning you to death if you fling your head back. There's concrete behind. It won't be the first time I've cracked yeah. my skull. <laughs> Gonna be cracking skulls. All right, you guys ready for the next one? All right, hit us. Father, where's his Sunday best? Mother's tired, she needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. Sister's saying in her sleep. Brothers got to date to keep you can't hang around. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house. Okay, ready? Y'all <laughs> 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 like one. that, didn't you? Who sings this? Hell, I have no Who idea. Who sings this? Yeah. Who sings this? No idea. Who sings Don't Madness? This is Our House oh, yeah, yeah, by Madness. Madness. Don't laugh. Oh, God, what are they doing? Oh, we got visitors. Uh -oh. We got visitors. Uh, so this is Our House by Madness, released as the lead single from their fourth studio album, The Rise and Fall, on uh, in November of 1982. The song charted within the top ten in multiple countries, uh, being the band's biggest hit on the Billboard Hot 100, reaching number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. It's uh, really just a... There's no point behind the song. It's just a silly-ass song about the day in the life of a typical suburban household. That is 100% what this song is about. That's all they wrote it for, just to be silly and have fun. This song always reminded me of uh, the Monty, uh, Monty Python movie, Meaning of Life, 
and when they were uh, like doing the scene with all the ca- the Catholic family and the that process- scene is so good. Oh yeah, ba- babies are just dropping right. out. And she's just standing there. Her babies are she's, and she's he's like. I don't. And then they go to the neighbor's house, and he's like, "I don't understand them. I could go down to the store and slap a rubber on my one-eyed trouser snake anytime I want, and have at it. Why don't you, dear? Seriously, I could cover my John Toms. I love that scene. It's so good. So yes, I, oh, shit. oh he's drunk. God. I'm high as fuck. No, just Is that empty? <laughs> That's empty. I hope. Right. Clip that. I'm high as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can tell. I do All need right. to clip that. I'm high as fuck. <laughs> we got a new sounder tonight. Yes, there you go. It's not from me. <laughs> I'm high as fuck. I got to put yours back on here. Leave it off for this episode. We'll be all right. The gays love me. The gays just love me. Them gays love me. <laughs> Can't do it justice. No. Oh, we God. need the original. So when I was a kid, like I didn't understand this song because I thought they were saying like our house in the middle of the street. And I'm like, why the hell is their house in the middle of the street? I actually, I, I actually thought Then that. I realized they're saying our house in the middle of our street. And I'm like, oh, that word changes everything. See, I, I actually thought it was in the middle of a street. Like, like it's like a, boom. like a fucking, you know, seven-year-old kid. I'm like, are they just like swerving around it? Like, how the fuck are people driving down <laughs> the damn street? I didn't know what was happening. And it made sense. It's all mm-hmm. good. Next song on this list we have definitely talked about on the show before. This is another song uh, you didn't know were remakes kind of thing. Um, so we've talked about this one on the show a couple of times. This song has been remade a couple of times, and you guys will know it instantly, so it's all good. That's not really all tainted love. Ooh. Tainted love. Oh, it's Marilyn Manson. <laughs> That's like fucking sacrilege. His version of the song sucks. His version of this song sucks worse than he could suck his own dick missing all those ribs and shit that people used to talk about. Jeez. <laughs> you <laughs> took it to a different level, Jay. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, don't, you remember, the, don't you remember the they stories leave. about Marilyn Manson? Yes, he removed yeah. one of his ribs. So the rumor, the rumor was that he removed two of his own ribs so he could suck himself off. It's so <laughs> stupid. Like the shit, the random yeah. shit people come up with, like this random shit. It's totally. See, I thought that was uh, the guy from Nine Snails that supposedly did that. No, that's Trent Trent Reznor. Reznor. No. Oh, wait, no. Uh, he's probably the one to cut the ribs out for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's from here. Really? Yeah, isn't yeah. he from Akron or something? Yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland is Cleveland? Uh, where Nine Snails was uh, conceived. Cleveland. He's, also, he's actually also a uh, brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Trent oh, Reznor. Oh. So you want to know what's really interesting about Reznor? Total normal background, like very like conservative family, all quiet. He just decided he wanted to start experimenting with music. And, yep. and he just that's what he started doing. And then he just went. <laughs> so and, and his first album was all him. Yeah. No mm-hmm. music. Yeah. A lot yeah. of no just studio mu- musicians at all. It's actually, all is kind of like Bon Jovi. Machine and Sith. Bon Jovi's mm. first album was himself. I didn't he, had, know that. he had to get a band together. What's well, funny. Foo Fighters. Same way. It right. was all Dave Grohl. What's funny about um, what's funny about Reznor is like like he is so freaking talented. Like he did the music for the social network. And Lost it, Highway it also. Is, and, it, and those are both of those soundtracks are so freaking good. Yeah, doesn't man. he do a score like um yeah. orchestra scores now? Yeah, he well, yeah, he did social network and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. So, I didn't yeah. know that was all that. Yeah, yeah. That all, he's yeah. great. It's great. He won I, I, I think he won a, he won like that. a didn't he win like either an Academy Award or a Grammy Oscar. for social network? Oscar. Yeah. 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 That's pretty great, man. Nobody slapped him for Tain, it, but he won one. Attain the love. 
<laughs> uh, Tain and Love, Soft Cell, yes. Composed by Ed Cobb, formerly of American group The Four Preps, and originally recorded by Gloria Jones in 1964. Most of us know this British synth-pop duo version that Soft mm-hmm. Cell did in 1981. Uh, so Soft Cell learned about this song through a status as a UK Northern Soul hit. Uh, they recorded a version in a day and a half with the first vocal track they laid down being what they ended up using. So what you hear is the first track he laid down. There were no dub-ins or anything. He just laid it down, and they used it. Um, the uh, 12-inch v- single version, extended dance version, sometimes known as the adult version of the song, actually transitioned well, yes, into the Supremes. Right there, as soon as he said it. 12-inch extended. No? We right. know where your mind goes, man. When you hear an inch, you think me. When you hear 12 inches, you think everybody else. Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> I, I wouldn't think of you as an inch. No, I said you think me like you think. Oh. <laughs> you don't think of me, you creep. <laughs> Why would you think of me ever? Stop it. <laughs> uh, but yes, the also known as the adult version, it transitioned into a their uh, their cover of The Supremes, Where Did Our Love Go? Tainted Love became a major hit in the U.S. during the second British invasion, as it was known, uh, with the song spending a then-record-breaking 43 weeks on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. It entered the Billboard Hot 100 at number 90. It appeared to peak at number 64 and fell to number 100 for two weeks. Then it started climbing. It took 19 weeks to create the uh, to crack the American Top 40 and reach number 8 during the summer of 1982. It's ranked number five as VH1's 100 Greatest One-Hit Wonders of the 80s. That's nuts to me. This song hits the charts, and it's like somewhere up in the hundreds. Like 19 weeks later, it's number eight. Like Hmm. it just started climbing. I think it's just one of those things where it hit, and people were listening. And you know, we got to remember, this is the 80s. So word of mouth and radio stations, that's how you got your music. Yeah. You know. Guns N' Roses, same way. Yeah. Album drops in '86, but don't really explode until '87. Yeah, I mean, Kid, that, Kid that, Rock, that, same way. Yeah, fuck Kid Rock. Right. I mean, I'm just saying. Never mention that piece of shit. My bad. <laughs> hey, talking hey, about the hey, old hey. fucking douche. <laughs> but I mean, soft sell. Uh, <laughs> nice safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually a pretty good uh, in the. Late nineties, two thousands. Well, the clubs. Uh, yeah. Coneheads came out, and this song was mm-hmm. featured on Coneheads, which was like nineteen ninety two, I think ninety three. Coneheads three. came out somewhere in there. Three, I think yeah. it was ninety three. And this song was actually on that soundtrack, along with a bunch of others, and it kind of took off again, and it had like a huge resurgence. This song just comes back and comes back. I think mm-hmm. this is just one of those. I got to tell a story real quick. Sure. It's song related. Okay. Story time. Fair enough. Some at work today. And there's a there's a few yeah if you saw the you saw yeah the, I saw it so there's some twenty somethings you know in my work and there's this one dude there he's a young dude. guy he's a nice guy okay. and uh, we're talking about there's a new girl there and she was talking about her and her boyfriend dressed up what their Halloween costumes were and I happened to have a picture of mine yeah. I was like oh here's what we were for Halloween and I was like my buddy was with us and he dressed up as as Humpty Hump and, and that's she, me she said. Or uh, they're like we don't we don't know who that is. I was like, oh, oh he's fuck. saying I sang he sang the Humpty Dance. They stared at me. I was like the Humpty Dance. Listen, Jesus, go Christ. to a club. They're still playing the Humpty Dance. <sighs> this isn't like this isn't like I said. You guys need to get out. I was like, but here's the weird thing, and mm. this is true. See if you guys don't agree with me on this. I put this up on Facebook. I I wasn't born in the fifties or the sixties, but I sure as shit know a bunch of fifties and sixties music because. 
we went back and listened to good good music is good music. You right. go back and listen. Kids don't do that shit. They're, if it's yeah. not mumble rap, they don't fucking listen to it anymore. Right. It's 50s, 60s up is what I grew up on. Yeah, yeah, and you weren't born then. No, I was... I'm a product of the 70s, a child of the 80s. So Exactly. But I respect the music that came before. Right. It's really bad. We appreciate the roots of where our music mm-hmm. came from. And today, you know, musicians today will do it. If you go talk to an actual musician, they'll tell you who they listen to and oh, who yeah. they like. Stu and I have talked about this many times. Stu doesn't like the Beatles. He used to look at me and say, the Beatles suck. And I was like, you can't say that. Well, I did. I said, well, you can say it, but you sound like a dumbass. Mm. Like, And he agrees with me now. I'm like... You can say I don't like the Beatles. You can say I don't enjoy their music. But to say they suck is a dumb thing to say. I don't like Elvis Presley. I'm never going to tell you he sucks. I respect Elvis Presley. I just don't like that genre. Like he's he's got a lot of bluegrass and gospel intertwined with what because that was his roots. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's like uh, you know the Beatles don't speak to me as far as their music goes, but I I acknowledge uh, how good they are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know appreciate them. For well, that. You know, one of my favorite bands was influenced by the Beatles. They're one of their, the there Beatles are one of their big influences, and they did a cover of yep. a Beatles song. Right. And that's just it. You know, like my dad. Twist and shout. It's pretty awesome song. My mom loved the Beatles. Thank you. Like Spiller. there's there's a little shrine in there um, with a lot of Beatles. I love the Beatles in turn, but. My dad was not a Beatles fan, but he'll tell you like he's like I never really cared for him. But he but and everybody I know who says they don't like the Beatles. This is the same thing. You just did it. My dad doesn't. But yesterday's a great song. They always have mm-hmm. at least one that they're like. Sure, it's yeah. be- and I'm that way with Elvis. I don't hate Elvis. I don't love Elvis. Jailhouse Rock is a kick-ass song. Yeah. Yeah. Las Vegas oh, is yeah. a great That's song. True. I mean, El- one of Elvis's songs actually crossed over to heavy metal. I can see that. Uh, Danzig did a cover of the song Trouble. Mm. On uh, It's on the EP Thrall Demon Sweat Live. Well, look at it. We just talked about Soft Cell's Tainted Love. Mm-hmm. This is a song they took from a song from the 60s. Mm-hmm. They heard it. They changed it. They updated it. And they re-released it. And we're going to run into that uh, again tonight in one of the songs we're going to talk about here in a minute. But because they went back because a, music, a musician or a music lover is going to go back and listen to shit they're not going to be like oh look, it's not my generation I don't give a shit same thing with TV shows we were talking to somebody once and mm-hmm. I said something about some TV show and they're like well that's not from my era I'm like motherfucker do you think that fucking I Dream of Genie and Gilligan's right. Island were out when I was born no but I've watched every single fucking mm-hmm. episode of Bewitched <laughs> and Gilligan yeah. so, I used to watch The Honeymooners and that was a black and white well so yeah. was Gilligan's like Island originally Ozzy and Harriet and shit come yeah. on we, we watched that shit and now they do, there's just like my kids uh, there's a new guy older guy mm. at work and he says today he's, he's I don't remember how it got brought up but he, he he's like I don't really watch Marvel but you know and he's somebody said something and he said I don't know. Me and my son, my son watched well Fraggle Rock, but you guys wouldn't know that. And he looked at me, he looked at me. He goes, "You know Fraggle Rock?" I'm like, "Well, dude, right?" I was like, "Not only do I love Fraggle Rock, but when my kids were born, I bought the DVDs, so my son knows Fraggle." You should have looked at me and said, Down "Yeah, Fraggle right." Rock. Well, he did. We started. He goes, he goes like the dozers. I was like, and I looked at him. I go, "Ooh, a Fraggle!" And he's like, "All right, eye to eye, eye to eye, man." So I was like, you know, when my kids were born, like my kids watched. Chippendales Rescue Rangers mm-hmm. and Darkwing Duck, and they love that. They're stuff. about to make a movie about that shit. What? It, Chippendales Rescue Rangers. Have you yeah. watched the preview? No, I, 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 I saw. It's I saw one preview. I'm I'm a little intrigued. I'm, uh, we'll but see. I'm scared. 
Have you watched the preview? I have. I'm kind of like, hmm. I, I don't know. Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger live I'm action. It looks a lot faith. like Tom and Jerry did, only yeah. one of them's modern animation, one of them's not. It, it's like they were together and they split. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, one computer and make one is. I'm still waiting for Howard the Duck to come have an movie. Oh. With Seth Green as the voice of Howard. Yeah, that would be awesome. I, mean, yeah. I think most people would be on board. Yeah. Howard. 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 <laughs> it does. It does. I mean, I like the original. Yeah, I, actually, I do like the original. I think too. everybody in this room likes the original yes. Howard uh, the Duck. Actually, it so. has a special place. George in my Lucas heart. got a lot of shit for that movie, but I, I think it's a fun ass movie. Right, you, uh, it would, uh, it probably do good in today's. And world. you get to see Leah Thompson in the nineties. So. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah, it's all that matters. And you know what Leah Thompson says? A penis is a hard thing to find. A what? A penis. Oh, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> you know what movie that's from. I, I know do. he does. I do. Do you guys know what movie that's from? Uh, no, I don't. I was about to say Caroline in the City. No. But, God, that would have been funny. So. Tongue, but I know that the line. God. That's what she said. I'm just <laughs> oh. It's right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> Has Jim Varney, Erica Laniac. God, oh. it is Erica Laniac. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beatrick Gator or Dietrich Bader, Beatrick Gator. Uh, oh, Beverly Hillbilly. Yes. Ding, 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 yes. Ding, ding, ding. Texas T. Yes. By the way, that movie had perfect freaking casting. Yes, it did. Perfect. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Got no, I mean, and you actually had you know, Buddy Upson was in it. Yep. He, he, yeah, the casting was. Dolly Parton was in it. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dude, we need to. Uh, we need to do an episode of Lily that Tomlin. Yes. Fucking yes. Knocks it out of the park. Dabney Coleman as Mr. Drysdale. Dabney, no, da- your like cousin. You said. Yeah, my cousin. <laughs> your cousin Dabney. Dabney. Uncle Dabney. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. All right. All right. All right. Much love, cousin Dabney. Mumbering <laughs> <laughs> it back. That's right. Really Really Bring it back. So. So. One of the things that happens on the show a lot is that we occasionally have to discuss uh, how people looked at things a little differently, even mm. just 30 years ago. Right. So we discussed it in the first Inappropriate Lyric episode. Well, we didn't. Actually, it came about after this next song did. After that episode, we, we were contacted by uh, Skiznot, our man Skiznot, and we discussed this after the fact. We're going to talk about this next song. The next few songs get really interesting on here. Okay. Mm. So this is uh, one of those. And uh, I'll play it, and then it, well, then we'll talk about it. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? My daughter is. Yes, yes. My daughter is. I get a clue. It's young Frankenstein. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Stu's face was like, what the fuck is wrong? <laughs> Probably upstairs like, going, what the but fuck? Stu looked going? at me and you like, what? How did they fuck it? Did they rehearse that earlier? That's young Frankenstein, man. Yeah. yeah I didn't watch that one. <laughs> Anytime that song comes on, you have to do that. That's that exactly yes. song. It's just. That's my, what, that was one of my mom's all time favorite movies, like, ever. It is such it. a good movie. Abby Normal. <laughs> so good. <laughs> It's Frau Bruchar. <laughs> hey, Dr. Frankenstein. No, no, it's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> Igor. No, no, it's, it's Igor. It's Igor. 
So good, man. Oh, God, sweet I cannot, mystery of life at last I found you. <laughs> I cannot wait till we do a Mel Brooks episode. Yes. Yeah, oh, we will. God, really? It's in the yeah. works. It's in the works. Oh, it's just, I got it's, something it's, special I'm bringing in for that It'll episode. be a two-parter. Oh, it has to be? Yeah, oh, there's going to be the 80s, and and the 70s, 90s. 80s, and then the 90s mm-hmm. Mel Brooks. Because so, totally different characters. That is a wonderful right excuse to uh, binge some Mel Brooks yes. movies. Space yes, sir. Oh, my God. Considering oh, I just binged a couple <laughs> movies over the weekend and on vacation. Oh. So He's this gone from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mega Maid. She's a transformer. <laughs> so this is Tacos putting on the Ritz, uh, written by Irving Taco. Berlin in May of 1927 well, and first published in December of 1929. According to the complete lyrics of Irving Berlin, this was the first song in film to be uh, sung by an interracial ensemble, which would be cool. If it weren't for the original lyrics, making what we now consider to be a very racially insensitive song and reference. This song is not what you... This version is different, but the original version was not a good song. Uh, So the song received renewed popularity in 1982 when Taco, yes, that is in fact his real name, a Dutch musician recorded and released a new version of this album. Wait, wait, wait. On his album. A Dutch guy it. named Taco? His name is actually Taco. That is not a made-up um, name. Uh, uh, happy belated King's Day, Taco. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so this was on his first album, uh, After Eight. The, the single was a global hit, reaching number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart, making Irving Berlin, then 95 years old, the oldest ever living songwriter to have one of his compositions uh, enter the top ten. This song was certified gold by the RIAA for selling over one million copies and was Taco's only hit in the United States. This version of the song was ranked number 53 in the v- on VH1's 100 Greatest Hits of One Hit, wonder, whatever, of the 80s, and uh, was accompanied by a music video. And this is what Skiznot wrote us about after our Inappropriate Song episode, because that original music video mm. contains characters inclu- in, in blackface. And that music video was banned from most all networks. Now, Taco decided to go blackface to address the is kind of his tongue in cheek way of addressing the original song and the original lyrics to the song. Uh, not a, not a really smart move there, Taco. Anyway, <laughs> uh, he, well, he it, did change the lyrics and took out all the racial stuff, mm-hmm. but he was giving a wink nod. Ha ha. This was in there. So. We talked about this, and I don't have the actual lyrics in front of me, but the uh, this one says, you know, have you seen the well-to-do up and down Park Avenue? Well, the original isn't Park Avenue. The original talks about a like a uh, city in, in the ghetto or a street in the ghetto, mm. and the original song is about people who weren't really that high class dressing up and pretending like they were be- were and going down to the ghetto to stick their noses up at the people who, in fact, were not. Wow. That's what the yeah. original song is about. Taco changed enough of the lyrics to make it about something else and then decided to go blackface in the video. <laughs> and if you know anything about Dutch culture, chances are they had plenty of blackface there. Look up Zwarte Piet if you ever get a chance. <laughs> if you want to be horrified. I love when Kevin's like, I'm going to give you random history about a, a country you know nothing about. <laughs> it's just all locked up in here. It is locked just, up in there. I love, I love the Dutch people, but wow, you need to fix that shit. But it's just weird to me because you got to consider <laughs> yeah, the fact. Yeah, they make pretty good shoes. <laughs> yeah, they do. I actually own a pair. They actually fit. It's you. Mm-hmm. Your mic cord. Mm-hmm. Ha, Take your hand me. off right here and hold up here. Mm-hmm. There you go. Okay. Your 
Okay. Uh, but considering this was like, you know, 30 some years ago, this wasn't like the 60s or the 50s. This was the 80s, and he still went blackface. Now they, they banned, still do that They shit. banned the video. <laughs> well, yeah, but this was here. This wasn't, he was Dutch, but this was American. <laughs> he did a. Well, Culture Club did the same thing with, um, let's see, what's up one second? Um, uh, do you want to hurt me? Really? Yeah, in the I video. Know. I mean, he's pretty. Well, he's boy British. George, boy George is also wolf. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think he almost a little. Like, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Still. I mean, he like, you know, locks people up in his houses. And won't, I was yeah, about still. to say that. He won't release them, so. So we're not going to stop there. There's an interesting one, and Kev, I was tell, I was talking to Kevin about this. Um, well, don't stop till you get enough. Don't stop getting it. I was talking to Kevin about this one yesterday on the phone because there's a really interesting story behind this one too, and I want to get your guys' thoughts and opinions on this because right. I can't make heads or tails of why they did this. But here you go. Dude, who sang this? Hell if I know. Great. Any of you, either you guys know who sang this? You better remember. I mean, Lips as soon as Inc. you say it, I'm Lips a... Inc. Lips okay, Inc. Yeah, yeah. So this is uh, released uh, their second uh, album from 1980. So Funky Town reached the top spot in the United States, West Germany, Canada, Austria, Switzerland, Norway, the Netherlands, and Australia. Written by musician, composer, and record producer Steven Greenberg and sung by Cynthia Johnson, who was the lead singer for Lips, Inc. This song has a real Millie Vanilli or Weather Girls thing going for it, okay? Millie Vanilli? Lips, Inc.? Well, yes, but it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And the Weather Girls. Well, I blame it on the rain. (laughs) Because it's raining men. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the thing. So two two music videos were made for this song, right? One was British singer Debbie Jenner lip-syncing. She's white. Uh, and the other has another woman lip-syncing, lip-syncing. But this one was black. Hold on. It gets even more weird. So for the Weather Girls, in case you don't know, you know the song It's Raining Men. I don't know if you know this, but originally when they did It's Raining Men, the Weather Girls were, were bigger women. So they put fake people in the video. And they didn't give them any credit to that degree, right? So they later came out and released their own video, and they kind of took the credit back, the Weather Girls did. And we all know Millie Vanilli. I actually they, only saw that video as the bigger women. I've never seen that. Well, I think they might have sued and, and some other stuff because they had no say in any of that. Millie Vanilli, as we all know, they took two guys that they thought looked the part, and then they had people sing, and then they put them up in front and whatever. So we know two music videos were made for Funky Town. We know one was a white woman lip syncing, but the other was a black woman lip syncing. Lip syncing. So here comes the next question. Which that's a version I've always seen. So comes comes the question: Why do you think they did this? Diversity. I don't know. That's the dumbest fucking. Answer. <laughs> <laughs> I to cater to both. No, no. Races. But, but neither of them were know. the singer. Neither of them were Cynthia. Neither of them were Cynthia Johnson. They're testing the waters to see which would so work the, better. The uh, obvious answer won't come from Stu, apparently, is that most people would think it was a looks thing, like maybe she mm-hmm. wasn't attractive. That's not the case, because in 1976, Cynthia Johnson, the person who originally sang the song, 
Well, she won Miss Black Minnesota. She was gorgeous. So it's not like they said, so, well, she's ugly. We're going to put somebody better looking. Guys, all I know is that Debbie Jenner, the white girl who lip-synced and won, was, in fact, the face of the band in the Netherlands and West Germany. You make of that what you will. I can't speak on that, but in the American... In relation to Chris? What? In relation to Chris Jenner? <laughs> Can I throw my slush? Yes. It'll make a mess, but... I I have looked, I have researched, I've done everything I can to figure out why in the hell they released two videos without the original singer. They lip-synced on both of them. I can't figure it out. I couldn't find anything. She's gorgeous. She's... they Obviously, in America, it wasn't a race thing. Like, we have to make it a white woman. No, they, they had... Germany and... I don't, I'm not saying anything against the Germans, but their version is the white woman, and they apparently they think she's the lead singer for Lip Sync. Well, different but, markets. Uh, I guess. But the American one, why? Why yeah. do it? Why have a, a woman lip syncing to this video? No idea. But they did it. So there you go. That's the story behind Funky Town. So if, any, if anybody out there knows the answer to that, please please let us, let know. us know. I would love to know why they why they opted for that. So <laughs> the next one on here is likely going to be one of the more interesting songs we talked to, about tonight. This is going to be, um, guys. This one's fun. Now you're all going to know why the story is interesting, but you don't know the story until we talk about it. But you do know what the song's about. Here you go. Yeah. My theme song. This is Relax by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I mean, you're not wrong, right? So, I thought his theme song was Let's Get It On. Let's get it on. Whatever. <laughs> the hit version uh, produced by Trevor Horn and featuring the band, along with other musicians, entered the UK Top 75 singles chart in November of 1983. But it didn't crack the Top 40 until 1984. Three weeks later, it reached number one. Now, this is in the UK, remember. Re, uh, three weeks later, hits number one, replacing Paul McCartney's Pipes of Peace. Mm. One of the decade's most controversial and most commercially successful records. Relax eventually sold a reported two million copies in the UK alone, easily ranking among the ten biggest selling singles ever. In the United States, Relax was also slow to reach the charts. It released in March 1984 with a different mix than the one that they released in the UK and nearly a minute shorter than the original that they released in well not the original even that was a new mix it's a, it's a whole weird ass thing so they released it in the United States they changed the mix up a little bit they cut it a little bit for time don't know why so the single stalled at number 67 on the Billboard Hot 100 but it ranked number 1 for the year on Los Angeles alternative rock station KROQ K-Rock yes 
uh, as voted by the listeners of the station. In January 1985, a release of Relax that was more similar to the UK version, uh, it hit entered the top 100 at number 70, and in March, it reached number 10 during its 16-week run total. Okay, In January of 1989, the, the single was certified gold by the RIAA. Now, singer Holly Johnson has claimed that the words of the song came to him as he was walking down Princess Avenue in Liverpool. His words, I mean, they were just, you know, words that floated into my head one day when I was walking down Princess Avenue with no bus fare trying to get to a rehearsal. I mean, there was no great sort of calculated, oh, I'll sing these words and this record will be banned. But it was banned. <laughs> um Everyone always knew it was the song is about sex, right? We all knew that. Everybody knows the song is about sex. But here's the funny thing. You guys are going to love this. So brace yourselves because, Stu, I don't know what's going to happen with his head. <laughs> so break up slam, they see. decided as a way to promote this song, they were going to take out an ad in a music magazine, which they did. Mm -hmm. They took out a two-quarter page ad. Uh, in said ad, <laughs> one of the guys is wearing a sailor cap and a leather vest, and the other one has a shaved head and rubber gloves, and the image that accompanied is accompanied by the phrase, all the nice boys love seamen. This is for you, Stu. <laughs> now, this was a pun on the music hall song, Ship Ahoy, that said, all the nice girls love a sailor. So their version was... Uh, hold on, I just want to say... Now, this is good, guys. Stu said this was his theme song. Just remember that. <laughs> the song was banned from play on BBC, and originally the <laughs> band uh, defended it, but later in the liner notes of Welcome to the Pleasure Dome, vocalist Mark O'Toole said, everything I said is a complete lie. Like when people ask you what Relax was about, when it first came out, we used to pretend it was about motivation, and really it was about shagging. <laughs> the The first official music video of Relax, directed by Bernard Rose, was set in an S&M-themed gay nightclub featuring the band members accosted by Buff Leatherman, a glamorous drag queen, and an obese admirer dressed up as a Roman emperor. That's fucking great. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need to think before I speak next to him. Let's do a whistle for you. Uh, the video was banned on MTV and the BBC, prompting the, rec the recording of a second video directed by uh, Godly and Cree. So, there you go. Yeah, I hate this song. Oh, uh, Stu, don't be mad. Relax, just do it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got a real theme going here tonight. Could be songs that are maybe slightly dealing with race, or it could be songs that could have been on different episodes of this show, uh, or were. This song could have been on another episode of this show, too, but I didn't know it at the time. I didn't find out until doing the research for this episode... Let me play it, and then I'll get your guys' opinion on what you've always thought this song was about. Right, so this is Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. I want to know if you guys no know idea. what the or what did you always think this song was about? I didn't have a clue what it I was just, about. 
I thought it was just about party. I did too. Until yesterday. Electric Avenue, right? I right. always thought that was like a disco club yeah. or something, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Electric Avenue is an actual street called Electric Avenue. This is a real thing. Huh. So I said this song could have been on another episode of our show. This could have been on the political song episode. Very yes. easily could have been on the political song episode, but I never knew that. Written, recorded, and produced by British singer-songwriter Eddie Grant. It was released in, on his 1982 album, Killer on the Rampage. In the United States... Uh, with the help of MTV, it was one of the biggest hits of 1983. The song refers to Electric Avenue in London, the first market street to be lit by electricity. According to Grant, he became aware of the street's existence during a stint acting at the Black Theater in Brixton. The area is known for its high population of Caribbean immigrants. At the beginning of the 80s, tension over unemployment, racism, and poverty, exasperated by racist policing, culminated in the street and in 1981 escalated into the Brixton riot. Grant was affected, so he wrote this song in response, something we talked about on our MTV episode in the early uh, years of MTV. The network ran music videos almost exclusively by white artists and were criticized by musicians such as David Bowie. Uh, So then comes Michael Jackson, right? And Billie Jean hits the scene. And it's huge, right? It blows up. Billy Jean blows up. So now MTV starts scrambling to get other black artists into the rotation. And Electric Avenue was one of those music videos that got into the rotation. After it aired, it shot up to number two spot in the Billboard Hot 100. In 1983, CBS decided to launch the single in the U.S., where it spent five weeks at number two on Billboard Hot Magazine's 100 charts. It was nominated for a Grammy Award as Best R&B Song of 83, but lost... To that very same fucking song, Billie Jean. <laughs> so I never knew this song was political in any way, shape, or Had form my no whole idea. freaking life. So he ended up leaving London and moving to Barbados at some point. But um, yeah, I didn't know Electric Avenue was a, the real name of a street. Never knew any of that shit. See, we educate you. Yes. We educate you. Gotta you. educate these damn kids. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta educate these children. <laughs> they don't. No. They don't know any better. <laughs> this is education. Right. This is abuse. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen that before? Uh, I see. This is abuse. This is education. You see, Jay just races pimp hand. <laughs> <laughs> the thought that I have a pimp hand is just kind of funny in and of itself. <laughs> All right. Let's go right into the next one. I love this song, too. I actually love most of these songs, mm. but I love this song. The Promise by When in Rome, debut single by British band When in Rome, released in 1987 on 10 records as the lead single from their self-titled debut album. Written by all three band members, that would be Clive Farrington, Andrew Mann, and Michael Florial. Uh, the song released in the U.S. in 1988 and reached number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 charts. It's the band's biggest commercial hit. The band wrote and played it in a small garden shed turned studio in the backyard of singer Clive Farrington's dad's house. The space was so small that they actually had to attach their keyboard 
sideways to the wall. Oh, wow. That's how he, he had to learn to play it uh, vertically. Um, so Michael Florio was experimenting with music one night, and Clive came in and started singing a harmony. Clive wrote the first verse and chorus. Then he asked Andrew Mann to write the second verse. Um, Michael Florio believes the lyrics were inspired by a recent breakup uh, between Clive and that's that. This That's the promise. I love this song. I think it's a great song. Uh, it was in a movie. I can't remember what movie. Mm. It was probably like Valley Girl. Probably Valley Girl. I'm probably, I'm probably right. I, I think I, I'm right. I think it's on Valley Girl. I could be wrong about that. All right. We got a couple more, and you guys are going to know this next one really well. And there's a fun story behind this one, too. All right. Did you say you couldn't remember? <laughs> Sitting there moving my fingers with the numbers, and I hit that last number. Like, fuck, I can't How do I do nine on my fingers? <laughs> I blanked for a second. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Jenny by Tommy Two Tone. This came out in nineteen eighty one. Written by Alex Call and Jim Keller, and performed by Tommy Two Tone. Uh, released on the album Tommy Two Tone Two on the Columbia Records label. It peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in May of 1982 and number one on the Billboard Hot Mainstream Rock Tracks chart in 1982, or April 82. According to lead guitarist Jim Keller, Ginny was a real girl who one of his friends wrote her name on a wall. Keller called her and asked her out and on a dare, and they dated for a while. Ginny was reportedly not pleased after they wrote this song. Now, according to singer Tommy Heath, it was the number of a girl he knew, and he wrote it on the bathroom wall in a motel as a joke, according to Alex Call. In an interview, uh, there was no Jenny at all, and they totally made this fucking entire song up, and then they just spread stories because they thought it was funny. Uh, he literally yeah, that's funny. came up with the... So they were told stories, it's about this girl, it's about this girl, and then they ask him, he's like, no, I just came up with this. And all the people in the world that used to get called for this. Well, right. here's what's funny. So he said he had a name in his head and he had a number in his head but that was all he really knew um, th- that he wanted the song and so one, uh, Keller, Jim Keller says well, let's say it's a, the, it's a girl's number on a bathroom wall and they laughed their asses off and said yeah that's great and so they wrote the song right and they just made the song the number up he picked it at random but you're right it caused so many problems that people were People were uh, like calling the phone like t- t- telling them they wanted the number traced and, and I guess like phone companies were saying we can't Trace, there's too many. They're coming from all over the place. Like it's not one place. It, this number is all over, and they would just do whatever area code, like five one three eight six seven five three zero nine. Please don't call that. That's not mine. Go ahead. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's number. that's what happened. So people were constantly like getting their numbers changed all over the place. They hated it. It was like a whole thing because they randomly made up a freaking. I phone wonder number. if the, like. No one gets that number. Yes, anymore. people do have that number. And really? I've actually heard an interview on some radio station with somebody that has it. And, and she's like, I love it. I'm never going to get rid of it because it's freaking 8675309. Like, 
But can you imagine her giving that out at clubs? Mm. Like, so can I get your digits? Eight, six, seven, five, three. Fuck you, bitch. Fuck you. Let me guess. Funny. Your name's Jenny. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny actually, for this area, the eight, six, seven is actually one of the exchanges for our for the <laughs> town we live in. Have you have you guys oh, ever shit. tried to call it like ever in your life? No. You tried to yeah. call yeah. it. Uh, I if, <laughs> why out of all the people in this room, you're the one that doesn't shock me the most? Like, fuck yeah, I called it yesterday. I wonder <laughs> if you try to. How you doing, Jenny? Fuck you. My name's not Jenny. My name's Jeff. I wonder if you call that My number you reached Jen, uh, Jenny from the block. It's Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Let's <laughs> find out. <laughs> right. I even put it on speakerphone. Oh, phone. my God. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. We will find out right now. What are you going to say? Oh I, All right. I have no idea. Who are you going to ask for? Folks, this is I'm going to ask for Jenny. Spanky is about to call Jenny from the block. In her 40s, a prank call. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey, that's living. Oh. Oh, uh, it's busy. I mean, I even put in the I'm, area code. Of course, it's busy. Everybody's fucking yeah, calling right. It. A bunch of forty-year-olds are probably call that number. <laughs> There's just one drunk guy going, "Fuck it, I'm calling her." I've wanted to call that number my whole life. I'm fucking. Call- I love. Let's you, try Jenny. a different area code. <laughs> Eight five nine, call Kentucky. We are trying to call hoes from a different area codes. I'm in Kentucky. Why the fuck you calling me? <laughs> they don't have phones in Kentucky. <laughs> they have those cups with springs. <laughs> the number you dialed is not in service. Please check the number and dial again. Dial- uh, yeah, dial that's Kentucky. Again. <laughs> All right, I told you. Oh, so the next song on our list. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can beat that. <laughs> Um, so, so hey, we gave it the old college try. Yeah, That's all that did. matters. So no, I've never like my whole life. I never, um, never actually was the one to try to call the number. But thank God, <laughs> we we have Spank Dog with us tonight <laughs> <laughs> to call Jenny. Shit, I don't have the next one on here. Where is it? And no offense to all our Kentucky listeners. <laughs> oh, it's a little late for that. Yeah, right. Especially when it's named Jenny. <laughs> no offense, but <laughs> your fried chicken is delicious. Oh, oh, uh, well, the Colonel. Yeah. Well, he really is. That he really is from Kentucky, guys. Yeah, you guys acted yeah. like really. He's, from, here, from, chick, he's chick, from Corbin. Chick, chick. Here, chick, Cor- chick, yeah. chick, chick, chick. Uh, the Colonel. He know. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He, he been did, dead. Boy. He's been dead since. Mm-hmm. The, we looked this up on one of the episodes. What was it? Nineteen eighty-seven or eighty-eight chick, or something chick, like that. It was something like, like I want to say early eighties, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. He was on uh, laughing, so yeah. Here, chick, chick. I'm too drunk to eat this chicken. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready for the next song? It's actually the last song on our list tonight. You ready for this? Ready? Right. When I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair because I might open my eyes and find someone standing there. People say I'm crazy, just a little touch, but maybe showers remind me. All right, not just Michael. here's your trivia. Who sings backup on this? Michael Jackson. Partially right. Are you Partially sure about that? Yeah. Partially right. Tito? Jermaine. Oh. <laughs> you were close. Yeah, I, was close. I was just going to name all the Jacksons. To Latoya? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Randy? I always thought, Randy? It was, Joe? I always thought it was Michael. 
It is Michael. Yes, yeah, Michael. Michael and Michael Jermaine both and do oh, back up both, on this. Oh, yes, that that's is why he Michael. Said, when he said Michael, I said partially, partially right. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, that we'll get to that in a second. But I went and saw so uh, years back. I got to go see Janet, and we were real close to the stage. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty, okay. and I'm nasty. Uh, we were real close to the stage. It was fantastic, right? And I was with my ex and everything, but that part sucked. But the concert was great. <laughs> And and she says, uh, this is the closest we'll ever be to a Jackson. I was like, ah, we can fucking probably call like Tito or Latoya tomorrow and they'll come oh, hang out easily. with us. Your Majesty, easily. I would, I would gladly He's on have speed any of the Jacksons on this show, yes. any of them. I don't care. I would interview them. They're just, um, just I mean, a musically amazing family if you think yeah. about it. But So this is Rockwell, for those of you who mm-hmm. don't know, and this is somebody's watching me. We all know that Michael Jackson sang the hook on this song. Uh, it was recorded by Rockwell, released by the Motown label 1984 as the lead single from his debut studio album. But like we said, Michael wasn't alone. The song also features Jermaine Jackson in additional backup vocals. Here's what you might not have known. Do you guys know who Rockwell is? Barry Gordy's kid. He's Barry yeah, Gordy's one son. Of one of Barry Gordy's mm-hmm. sons. Who's that? Oh, my God, you dude. You don't know who Barry Gordy is? No. You Gee. are the last. He, he, I said I was singing Last Dragon, but that's because it's Barry Gordy's last. Yes. Dragon. he's a producer. He's like a, a Motown, big time Motown record yeah, producer. Yeah. You, you don't know who Motown is. Motown, I know Motown. Okay, well, that's, he started well, that's Motown. Barry Gordy. Yes, he started Motown. Okay, all right. Um, You're welcome. So he's <laughs> you get educated. So <laughs> yeah, damn. Um, so yes, he's the son of Barry Gordy. Uh, he recorded a song when he and his Motown dad were Philly. We're actually back again. Or they were estranged. My God, it's so hard. <laughs> it's the professionalism. <laughs> I so when he rec- when Rockwell recorded this, he and his dad weren't actually like speaking. Oh, so, yeah, oh hold they, on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at the time, you he was, watched that thing out. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I'm not sure how you Face. watch it. I have this thing like for like three years. Or, you just yeah. blow really hard. <laughs> right. You turn it upside down, does it drip? You turn it upside down, does it drip? I don't know. I can see like black particles. Is that a good thing? <laughs> you might want to put that in the dishwasher. Is that the name of your penis? Black particles? <laughs> now it is. It's like it is from now on. <laughs> Best three dollars I ever spent right there. Yeah, right. Um, so at the time of this, the, uh, Rockwell, giving. who I don't know Rockwell's real name, probably it was Barry Gordy's kid, probably Rockwell. Uh, he was living with Ray Singleton, uh, his father's ex-wife, and the mother of his oldest brother, Carrie Gordy. Uh, Singleton served an executive as executive producer on the project and would occasionally play some demo tracks to Barry. At first, Gordy wasn't interested, but then he heard something magical. Do you know what that magical thing he heard was? Michael Jackson. He fucking heard Michael Jackson singing the hook. He wasn't interested in any song until he got to this, and then he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this song actually peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100, um, but it was beat. It was beat by two other people that kept it from hitting number one. I will tell you the names of the people. And we'll see if you can tell me the name of the song that beat this. Again, this is 1980. What did I say? 1984, this is? Okay. Van Halen. Jump. Yes. Kenny Loggins. Footloose. Footloose. Uh, Motherfuckers got them both. Look at that. Knocked them both right out the park. So there you go. There are some of the one-hit wonders of the 1980s. 
That is not all of the one hit wonders. Not by oh, any no, means. Was not full. by a long we shot. Not even, Tip yes, of the iceberg. Totally we're hitting. full. Yeah, yeah. totally full. Um, but there's a few of them. There's some. Do of the we ones. have one hit wonders nowadays? Or is it just... I don't know. Probably. So oh, yeah. just keep getting pushed down our throats. Yeah. Well, today, what she I, said. I don't know that people are like... Are people like into albums anymore? Or is it just like... No, it's like songs, I think. Yeah. Just us yeah, old it's, timers. It's more song based now. Because yeah. I know they do like based off downloads and shit now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, which I guess makes a certain amount of sense. But songs... Like, what's, what's the number one most downloaded, downloaded Christmas song every year? Mariah Carey. Yes, sir. Fuck. All I want for song. Christmas. Oh, you want me to sing it for you? No. It's too. <laughs> I hate it too. I, I would say I hate it, but I know the worst Christmas, Christmas songs. There is just one thing I need. Oh, uh. <laughs> oh I. <laughs> <laughs> My version's better. You have a lovely singing voice. So there you go. There's some of them. That's what we got for you. Yeah. Uh, if you guys can think of any one-hit wonders of the 80s you would have put on this list, you can write us at yourmixtapodcast at gmail.com. I'm sure eventually we'll get to them. We will. Yeah, we'll get to them. But that's okay. We like doing the... Um, we did the road trip episode. When we did that episode, um, where Stu submitted one song, which we did mention. The only song you said you would put on there. What was it? I don't remember what the fuck you said. You said we had... You gave an honorable mention on the web... On the, on, I don't know. I don't I remember now either. Um, Great band to have on a road trip. <laughs> <laughs> like, one song, don't remember what it is. <laughs> He's like, I don't remember. One fucking song. Um, but we added that. Like, So we asked people to continue. to. So people actually contributed. It was amazing. People contributed songs they would put on a road trip. And we, we built a playlist off. I'll let you know tomorrow. There's songs, too. It's on, the, it's on Facebook somewhere. Um, I'll let you know tomorrow. When so I'm same on my thing. Own road trip. We like we like to know like what your guys' thoughts are. You know, if if you can think it would help us build the list for the next eighties one hit wonders. Now there yes. there were a couple that were questionable. One of the big ones out there was Aha's Take on Me. The problem with that song is yes, it might have been. So when we say have one you hit seen wonders, Weezer's version. Yeah, it's of fantastic. It's awesome. I like most. I like most of Weezer's covers. Actually, they do Mr. Blue Sky. They, they had do a the, great cover the, of that. Similarity of the style, but. You got what? It's not actually like reenacting. I got the Lloyd mic. The whole thing. <laughs> so it's their own thing, but it's like a, a different version. It's the sketch. Look, the sketch. Yeah, yeah, thing. Check it out. It's not the whole Spanky story. Spanky went I got online the Lloyd to figure Kaufman out who had Mike. Lloyd's mic. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Spanky. He's got oh, Lloyd. Yeah, shit. It's, Spanky. it's basically like indirectly making out with Lloyd Kaufman over here is what we got going on. Um, So don't sniff it too hard. We Speaking like of Kaufman, we we hope he's doing he better. He seems to be doing great. Yeah. Yeah, he's posted some videos. He seems to be doing great. So good. We're Is he all right? Yeah. Well, yeah, he COVID. had COVID. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, he did okay at the. Uh, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, this was, was weeks later. Yeah, it was weeks weeks later. But yeah, I think he's doing fine now. He's posted some videos and stuff. He's he's Lloyd. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's a fine. goofy fun dude. So. Right. Um, like we said, if you have not gone back and listened to the Joey Clift episode, please do. It's a great episode. It's a lot of fun. Joey yes. is a really great dude, and we had fun talking to him. We'll probably talk to him again in the future sometime. Knows that he did, knows everything. We talk about Garfield and Garfield the Cat books and stuff, and it was a lot of fun doing that with him. Uh, you like I said, you can write us your mixtape podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. is our website. You can check that out. Please go over to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on all of those things at this point. Um, some of the TikTok videos do. It's I, there's no TikTok makes. Very little sense to me. Some videos we get like fifteen hundred views. 
Some video we get like 80. It's <laughs> very weird. Uh, I promise you uh, our faces are not in any of the TikTok videos. Uh, we'd said on the one episode, Matt's like, yeah, it's just it's just Jason doing uh, uh, what's the what's that fucking video game? Fortnite dances, uh, and I'm oh like, yeah. I was like, if I could dance, I would totally videotape myself doing Fortnite dances, but I cannot. You so. know, what you should do is videotape your son. Doing My son them. can do those dances, which is funny because he doesn't even like Fortnite, but he does all the dances. I can't dance like that, so. But please go over and check out the website. Please go over and check out our social media pages. Um, check out the podcast we recommended earlier, and go back and listen to if you haven't. There's episodes from you know our category, our catalog there, or you know almost 50 episodes back there so you can go back and listen to them some of them suck i can't it's it's like roulette you're playing the game here right whether whether you take a bullet or not sometimes you have a bad day you know i don't know the lyrics to that song (laughs) i don't know it it's not it's not you know well you sunk it well (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you i try really hard but that is it that's all we got for you guys this lovely evening please come back and check us out again uh, we have more interviews coming down the pipeline again yes. you can see some of the upcoming stuff on the website if you want to go over there and check it out please share us with all of your friends your family your loved ones the people you hate the people at your church the people at your synagogue the people at your work the people at the school down the block don't be creepy Stu when you're sharing it with those kids don't be like I got something free for you little kid what the hell yeah, just don't do that because <laughs> last time I had to bail you out of jail it was hard to explain whoa, whoa. <laughs> R. Kelly in the house I, no. I had to tell the cop like he meant no harm he was trying to share the none podcast none ever happened <laughs> I can't happened. he's like it didn't happen she promised you wouldn't tell um <laughs> I think that's all we I got. I never for went to jail for that. <laughs> <laughs> never convicted. <laughs> acquitted. I was acquitted. Ooh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> and that is all we've got for you. So until next time, we speak to you here on the Mixtape Podcast. Remember to always stay, stay awesome. awesome.
The show is over, and we know it hurts, but we promise the Mixtape Podcast will return and all you crazy tapeworms can download us and spread us to all your friends. Check us out online, www.themixtapepod.com. And until next time, stay awesome.